don't stand by what he claimed Living up life to say I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray in Jesus' name It may be midnight or midday It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed I lived enough life to say
my heart gets free too far too hard becomes so easy i find peace here in surrendering and letting go hallelujah when the storm is Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
be seated, and good morning to all of you as we gather in God's house. New theme for us, uh, we begin this week, Community Matters. And it's a little play on words, right? We're going to talk about the specifics of community, biblical community, uh, the why, the how. You know, we're going to get into it. But also the idea that community does matter. It makes a difference. So we'll be beginning today with that theme. Hope you come back every single week. I see some guests here with us today. Glad you've chosen to come and worship here. And uh, we'd like to get to know you somehow, some way. So you can either stop at Next Steps, which is in the family gathering area, and we have a gift for you um, as you do that. Or if you'd rather do the digital way, you can text 1C Guest to 94000, and that'll start communication, and we can answer maybe any question that you might have. Also, if you have a prayer request and you would like it included in worship today, if you would, text those prayer requests to 402-242-5051. And if you're part of our worshiping community online, if you're on Facebook, you can actually put your prayer request right in the comments section, and we will be able to include that in our worship today. Also, we're going to have communion and here at 1C, we believe that this is a gift God has given to his people, to his church, uh, to bless us throughout our journey in life. And here at 1C, we believe it's bread and wine, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins and to strengthen our faith. So if that is your belief, we'd love for you to join us. If you did not receive the elements on the way in, probably during the next song, it would be a good time for you to make your way out to the, by the kitchen window and receive the elements. Also, we have uh, some brochures for you to, to pick up either on the way in or out. Uh, one of the, the features are the Bible verses that you'll be seeing in the sermon. We encourage you throughout the week to look into God's word and to be strengthened in your walk with him. So take that with you. And then even as you open it up, you're going to see some different things that are happening, mission, ministry, uh, here in the life of the church, and you can take a look at that and be blessed by some of those missions and ministries. Let's continue now as we worship our Lord.
I wanted to have a friendly competition this morning, so I asked for a volunteer, and Aiden volunteered uh, to have this competition with me. And so, Aiden, we got a, this is a race. All right, we're going to see who can get 10 tissues pulled out of their box first, and the rule is you can only pull out one at a time. All right? So, we're on the count of three. We'll see who can pull out 10 tissues first. Are you ready? Right, one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. How you doing? I got one. One. That's not good. All right. Um, hey, you want to try it again? Yeah. Best two out of three. Yeah. All right. Let's let's trade. You want to trade boxes? Yeah. Okay. You. Aiden said he's been practicing because it's allergy season, so he's pretty fast at this, but I don't know. We'll see. All right, count of three. Ready? One, two, three. I got two. All right. You know, we're going to do best three out of five, but maybe we better do that later. All right. You want to help me pick these up? Kind of made a mess. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Aiden. <laughs> All right. So if you, if you didn't notice, there are some words written on these two boxes. All right. This one says alone, and this one says connected. And these tissues were all together. They were stacked on each other flat. But these were connected, and you know what? It went a lot better when these are folded and interwoven and connected together instead of just being together and alone. Um, because sometimes we can be near people, but not really be connected to people. And life is so much better when we're connected together in community. You know, when we're together, we can encourage one another. We can support one another. We can lift one another up. And through regular rhythms of being together, we can prepare each other. We can help each other. We also know that we can count on each other because we're always there for one another, right? And you know what? Life just goes a lot better when we're connected with others in community. And it's a lot more fun, too. And Jesus wanted to connect with people. Jesus came into this world so he could connect with people because he loves people. And you know what? He called disciples to come and follow him and they walked together, they talked together, they ate together, they traveled together, and Jesus showed his disciples how to live together, connected with one another in community. And he shows us the same thing too. And through faith in Jesus, we are connected to him through his death on the cross, his resurrection from the grave. He is alive, he connects us to him, us to God, and he also connects us to one another as spiritual family and shows us that it's a good thing for us to be connected to God and to each other. He wants that for us. So what do you say we pray? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and uh, you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for saving us and connecting us together with others and with you. Amen.
smells like a hangover from days ago He does what he can to survive Single mom with a dead end job Ninety hour week just to keep what she's got But the bills add up and now she's caught She does what she can to survive And this coming week, I've been meeting with our compromands, our young people who have gone through uh, instruction and will be confirming their faith here at the end of the month. One of the topics we talk about is repentance. 
And I try to help them understand the difference between the two. And let me tell you, sometimes it's not easy. There's being sorry and then there's being repentant. Being sorry is this. Jake, you put your hand in the cookie jar. I catch you. And you say, I'm sorry. And really, that just means I'm sorry I got caught. Because maybe you're going to go a little bit later and get another cookie, right? Repentance means turning away from that. It's like doing a 180. And as the song was talking about, you know, we, as we live our lives, we turn to all sorts of things, and they're not really helpful. King David in the Old Testament, I mean, he struggled with this, this one sin and the impact it had in his life. But he learned that he had to go to one person in particular and confess that sin and find forgiveness. And we find a little bit of his heart story in Psalm 51. I want to read a portion of that for you. So he turns his attention and he says this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. David understood that if he wanted his sin to be taken care of, he needed to turn to God. And here we are today, a week after Easter, a week after we remember what Jesus did on that cross 2,000 years ago and that tomb that is empty. He died for your sins and my sins, and he rose again on the third day to bring victory and life and power to live a kind of life that gives him honor and glory. So my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would teach us the importance of turning from that sin and turning to a God that can forgive and really empower us to live as his children. Amen? Amen. Let's continue in worship. Right here, 
beautiful song, yet a profound teaching. Uh, again, with the Compromands, we talk about the characteristics or attributes of God, and one of them uh, we just sang about. He is omnipresent, which means present everywhere. He could be right here at 1C the Sanctuary or wherever you are watching online, and he is there. That's the kind of God that we're dealing with. In fact, one of the things that we love about this meal called Holy Communion is that we're told that he's really present in this meal. Yes, bread and wine, but also body and blood for your forgiveness and my forgiveness. So I encourage you at this time to please take the elements out. And I'm going to share with you the scripture first where we hear these words of instruction for this meal. And then I'll invite you to take each of those elements individually when uh, we're ready. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would take the bread and take and eat. 
This is the body of Christ given for you. Then if you would take the wine or the juice and take and drink, this is the blood of Jesus shed for you. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Jesus, thank you that we can have the privilege of coming to you in prayer this morning. We've had prayers come in through the prayer line. We've also known that here in the sanctuary this morning are your people. And they're carrying things in their heart. All of us are. We have needs. We have struggles. We have loss. But we also have gratitude. We have things to give thanks for. So, Lord, in your mercy, hear every one of our prayers. A prayer for my friend, Brandon, who's been struggling with feeling alone and feeling unwanted. And prayers for my husband and sister-in-law that they will be allowed to stay in the United States. Lord, a prayer that you would provide a car. This prayer, Jesus, goes out for a wife who has recently found out that her cancer is spreading. I pray that she will find peace and comfort in her relationship with you, Lord. A prayer that you will bless the 21st birthday of my husband, Brock, coming up on the 17th. Lord, we lift up to you, Hannah, experiencing complications with pregnancy. Lord, we ask that you will keep her and the baby in your safe arms and that you will guide the medical team, provide them with wisdom and with answers. A prayer for Jenna's back to heal. A prayer that you will help me, Lord, with all of the problems in life and the crosses that are mine to carry and money worries I'm experiencing. Jesus, I need your help. We lift up a friend to you who is battling cancer. We ask that you will please heal her body and rid her of that cancer. And as she and her family wait for your healing hand, Lord, bring your peace, bring your comfort. So Lord, these are the prayers that we have to bring before you this morning. We know you are present to hear every one. And so it's appropriate that we close this time of prayer with the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We continue our time with uh, looking into the word of God. Remember the inspired, inerrant word of God given to people like you and me so we can know who God is, 
how much he loves us, and then also the desire he has for his children. And so may God bless our time together and may God's spirit be poured out in a mighty way so we can hear what he wants to say. Amen. All right, uh, as I mentioned, new series, uh, Community Matters. We're going to make our way through that. But I'd like to give you what I call the roadmap of how we got here to this theme. And the roadmap is influenced, at least for me, by this. Anybody ever hear of COVID-19? Yeah, it's, it's been around. It's been part of the culture. Um, people will look back on 2020 as the year of lots of things. And uh, there, there was a study that was done of all the words that were used in 2020 and which ones were used most. And these are just eight of the words that were used. And take a look at those, right? Mask, quarantine, social distancing, bubble, the new normal, Pivot, uncertain times, unprecedented times. I mean, these concepts and these realities from 2020 that spilled over into 2021 has really dramatically impacted life. In fact, uh, when I think about those words and what happened, um, I googled something that I have noticed, not just in 2020, but even before, but it really became evident I googled the words COVID-19 and loneliness 69 million times on Google. There are references to this. It is something that is occurring. It's, it's an issue that's in the world. Maybe it's personal for you. Maybe you sit back and say, I know what that word means. Not just up here, but down here. And I'll just tell you as a pastor, I went from December of 2019 from this. Uh, I mean, I look at this picture. I think it was the number one attended service we've ever had at 1C here, where there were 630 or 40 people that were jammed into this room. Okay, that was December. That was Christmas Eve. And then we go to Easter, the following Easter. And that's the picture. And just so you know, the person in the picture is my wife, Kristen. I snuck her in. All right? Because we were closed and we were just doing online streaming of the service. And we closed down because we wanted to be part of the solution. We wanted to take this COVID-19 you know, head on and try to make a difference and try to turn the tide. So um, we just went to live streaming. But I'll just tell you, at least for me, during those months, it was hard. Uh, we, we closed down the church office. And we had uh, every, you know, all our workers go home and work from home. And I decided I work better here. So I just stayed here and didn't see many, if any, people. So that word loneliness really started creeping in. And it started to affect my spirit, my heart, my mind, my life. And then as I would be talking to people, um, and we would be connected that way. I, it, it's kind of what was going on in people's world as well. Loneliness. So, I started thinking and praying. What should we talk about? When we start getting back together, what should we, we do? And, and so, looking forward, all right, to 2021. So, January, what should we start with? 
And uh, a member of the church uh, really inspired me with this and said, you know what, we need to talk about prayer. If we're going to re-enter back into this thing called community, we need to, to talk about prayer. So we started out the year with 40 days of prayer. And if you remember, one of the biggest parts or the themes was this. What we think about God will dramatically impact how we pray. If we think God is some distant God who is sometimes attentive to us, sometimes cares, we may not go to him in prayer much. But if conversely, if we think that he is all-powerful, all-loving, attentive, and he is always going to answer our prayers in the way that's going to be best, then we're going to go to him fervently, faithfully. And so we did that for seven weeks. And then we went into Love Matters. And think about what we went through during the election cycle. I'll just say this. A lot of, um, uh, it wasn't lovely. It was kind of brutal. Lots of things that were said and felt. And sometimes even between family members. So, what God put on my heart is, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. Let's look at the Apostle Paul inspired by God to give us a picture of what love is and what love isn't so that people like you and me would know what to do. And if you remember what I said about 1 Corinthians 13, it is a perfect, beautiful example of who Jesus is. And we culminated 1 Corinthians 13, remember, it's verse 4 to 8a. 8a um, ends that section with, love never fails. And that's, that's the God love, right? It never fails. It's always perfect. It is always spot on in your life and in my life. We don't have to wonder because we could trust in a God that's going to love us faithfully and always. And then, in spite of what we experienced with uh, this well, COVID-19 and the scattering of the church and the scattering of people, I thought we need to talk about community. And that's why we have the theme, Community Matters. And today in particular, we're going to talk about why we need each other and where do we learn this. And we're going to look into the scriptures. And I want to encourage you to take that flyer home with you. Look at the story in Genesis, the first three chapters. You're going to get the heartbeat of God. You're going to understand what God thinks about community and the why of community. But let me give you the question that was asked of several thousand leaders, and 70% of them answered it incorrectly. And the question is this. What was the very first crisis recorded in the Bible? And I'll tell you, my mind would probably go with the 70%. The very first crisis was the tree. The very first crisis was Adam and Eve and the serpent coming and kind of coming up and saying, hey, you know, that's not the first crisis. There was another one. So for you to understand that, for me to reinforce this, let me walk you through a little bit of what I'm getting at. And it has to do with creation. Remember, you know, if you go into the book of, of Genesis, which is the book of beginnings, it's the beginning of everything, um, you see God creating everything, heavens and earth, with just his word. Remember, he said, let there be, and then there was. And it was a beautiful rhythm, days one, two, three, four, 
5, 6. And then we find that on day 7, he rested. And remember, what it means to Sabbath or to rest is not necessarily sleeping, but it's appreciating the Creator. Looking back on what he did and, and, and just his love in creation and really enjoying that. That's what it was all about. That's what God did. It's not like he was tired. But do you remember what was said in the scriptures after all those days, each day? It's, it's pretty simple. And it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. God looked at what he created. And it was as if he had a smile from ear to ear because this is his handiwork. He created all of these things. And you can almost sit back, you can picture him sitting back going, and it's good. It's good. And then we get to uh, verses 26a and 27. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Again, we're seeing this unfolding. And then in verse 31, we get these words. So after the creation, okay, after we get this crowning moment of creation called humanity, <coughs> God looked over all he had made and saw that it was what? Very good. Do you get the, the, the shift? It was very good. He took great delight in this creation that was made in his likeness. There was a certain beauty there that just, he added the word very to it. Ready for this? Crisis alert. Crisis alert. And here we find in verse 18, the crisis. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So this is before the tree incident. God shifts and says it's not good. Something is missing. So he says it's not good. I need to do something about this. And it's God's way of saying, community folks, we were made to be with others. And so, he kind of paused everything. He, he stopped. And uh, what a moment, right? And, and, and so he creates them. And I just love the way he did it. He puts Adam in, into a sleep. He takes the rib, right? And he forms and fashions Eve and then brings Eve to man. And then we hear those words that maybe you've heard at a, a wedding ceremony. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. I just love those words because it's God's design, God's plan, God's working. Really good. And it stayed like that, right? That community, that connectedness. Because you could, you could read it into scriptures. Here's this um, intimacy between Adam and Eve. Here's this intimacy between God and humanity, I mean, we have this picture of them walking in the garden together. Nothing was in the way. It was perfect. Everything that God intended it to be. They eat from the tree. And community is affected. Verses uh, 7 and 8 of chapter 3. 
Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they, were, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And this part saddens me. All right? And, and just picture how God felt. So instead of them running into the arms of their creator, they run away from the community with their creator. And ever since the fall into sin, what the enemy wants to do, the devil himself, is create a chasm and a distance between us and God and us and each other. And I'll just say the enemy works overtime. He works overtime in marriages. He works overtime between parent and child. He works overtime in uh, working relationships or neighbors. You name it, it's there. He works really hard at that because he does not want community. He does not want what God created. Rather, he'd like to reinforce the crisis of loneliness, isolation, feeling as if you're on an island all alone with just despair. So what did God do? Picture, if you would, before he created the heaven and the earth. Okay, before he said, let there be. I want you to go back into time, which we don't even understand what that means. This is, this is in the heart of God before he said, let there be. Here. Here, he was planning to reconnect us with himself and also connect us with each other. He put into plan the plan of salvation. When he spoke to the serpent and he said, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and between thy seed and your seed and he will crush your head and he will bruise his heel. What he was ultimately getting at is, I'm going to send my son, and my son's going to come to this earth, and he's going to make everything right again. He's going to bring together community, this way and this way. And how was it going to be done? I want you to go back, and, and it's a little painful because we, we think about the, the crucifixion scene. But the ultimate pain wasn't the beating. I know we, we often think about that. If you've seen Passion of the Christ, sometimes I have to look away at that because it's so real. The ultimate pain that Christ had was summed up in these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was as if at that moment on the cross, God did this. Because he was allowing his son to die. You see, the formula <clears throat> was a sacrifice needed to be made for the sins of the world. And no matter how hard you try or I try, we're not going to be able to pay for our sin. We would be lost in that sin forever. We would be disconnected from God forever. It would affect, dramatically affect community this way. So Jesus said... I got this. And God says, okay. He allowed it. And I was talking to the compromands again about this moment of Jesus on the cross. 
um, there were moments in his life that he fully used his divine power, right? We saw, we could, we saw healings, feeding of the 5,000, but there were moments in his life when he says, you know what, I'm not going to use my divine power. I am going to withhold from that, and I'm going to take on the sin of the world, and I'm going to die. In other words, I'm not going to pull the God card. And so even while he was on the cross, and even when people were saying, hey, if you're the son of God, take yourself off the cross. Jesus, in essence, went like this. I'm not going to do that. I'm here to be the sacrificial lamb to die for the sins of the world. I'm going to do all of that so that mankind and God can be together on this earth and also ultimately in the glories of heaven for eternity. I'm going to do this so that it can maybe bring healing and closeness and connectedness with people on this earth. That's why when we get to those words in Matthew 28, right? When they're, when they're in the midst of their grief and their sorrow and they think that everything has gone awry, they're told by the angels, he is not here, he is risen. Death could not hold him. The tomb could not keep him in there. And the power of God rose him on that third day. And because of that resurrection, things are different. And because of the resurrection, this happens. This happens. Let me share with you a scripture from uh, Revelation 21. Great scripture. It's the last book of the Bible. It's the picture of what heaven, what, what's going to be like for us when we get to heaven. And it goes like this. Look, God's dwelling, dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. Remember, all because of what Jesus did. This is happening again. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. What's the old order of things? This. Now it's this. Because of Jesus. And when we think back 2,000 years ago, when we think about those very first followers, as they were thinking about, oh, this Jesus who was with us for those 33 and a half years, and the, the Jesus that we followed for those three and a half years, and how things have been different, this Jesus made everything new. And he, he brought back together what was lost. And you could see that it changed the perspective of those first followers. And I'm going to ask you this. How has the resurrection of Jesus changed your life? I mean, I've, I've asked this question in pre-marriage counseling. And I'll tell you, it's a philosophical question, but you could tell that couples really wrestle with this. If there was no resurrection of Jesus... If there was no faith and no heaven and none of that, would it change your relationship? And I'll just tell you, that, you know, it, it's really a tough, tough question because we don't think that way because it is true. You see, the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. It gives us hope, not just in the future, but in the moment. 
It gives us hope in relationships, in forgiveness. Take a look at how they acted about 2,000 years ago. Remember, this is the scattered church. You're thinking, well, we went through that too, right? COVID-19. This was the scattered church. This was a group of people that no longer had a house of worship to go on their own. Because remember, when they kind of left and they were Jesus followers, the temple was not for them anymore. So here we have Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, this wasn't just a good idea. It was lives that were changed. And it changed how they, they lived there 24-7. How they calendared their day. How they navigated through the world. And they began to understand this principle of community matters. The community of faith, the community of God, those who have been brought into this family, it really does matter right now and for eternity. And you see almost a sense of reckless abandon to the old and embracing this new, and they were living life like they had never lived before. I think that's what God wants to have happen now. In your life and my life. I'd like to, um, we're going to share with you a video. Um, Greg had found this and then he put on some, uh, some touches to it for a um, kind of a, a movement that we're, we're trying to create is to get people together, to experience community. And um, I think you'll get a chuckle if you haven't seen this already um, every time I watch it. You know, I mean, we're not a boys club or a social club. We're just a group of husbands collectively waiting for our wives um, in the Target parking lot. I used to get so bored. Hours and hours of waiting in the car. I thought it'd be a good idea one time to go in with the wife. Thought I could maybe scout out some camping gear or something like that. Just ended up holding her purse. Eventually, I just started returning the cards just to stay busy, get a little exercise. And then the target management noticed, and they offered me a job. They said I could work whenever my wife was shopping. Last week, I clocked 12 hours. Between 2015 and 2018, I actually completed my doctorate online while waiting for my wife. Then one day, everything changed. I'm sitting in the car. It's been 63 minutes. I'm furious. And then there's this knock on the window. Hey. Got some new jerky. You want you want to try some? Charlie's beef jerky. Yeah. That was honestly the start of our friendship. You know, it didn't happen all at once. Honestly, I don't remember how it started. Penn came along, and then this Miles guy started parking closer to us, and then eventually, like, the group was just formed. What do we do here? Well, uh, we toss the ball around, we play some cards, you know, a little gambling. Uh, we have supper if it gets late enough. When Miles brought his grill, <laughs> 
it changed everything. So I've got your standard grill set up that everyone has. We got the coffee over here. We got the beans about to go there. Brats on the grill. It's lunchtime. One summer we did a series of car washes and we actually raised enough money to put a big screen in the back of Penn's van. That was a good summer. For a while, the kids were real damper on the group, you know, but then we got a two-car system going where each guy takes a 15-minute shift watching the kids while the others just get to chill, hang out. Eventually, we decided just to put a security camera in the daycare van so we can keep an eye on the kids, but also keep a full poker table. Oh, God! This will pay for my uh, wife's target run. Hey, so we got eyes on the kids? Oh, they're fine. You know, honestly, I think this has saved my marriage. My wife and I used to constantly fight about how much time she was spending at Target. But now, thanks to the group, my marriage is stronger than ever. I clip coupons for her now, so we can head to Target, and I can hang out with the guys, and she can do her thing, uh, whatever she does in there. Taylor, oh. we gotta go. Yeah. We gotta go. Oh, come on, babe. Five more minutes? No, we gotta go right Just now. Five. Just five. Five more minutes. You guys have been in here all day. Oh, Did you see the sale on the um, curtains? They're, they're really nice. They're yep. real cute. Got, gotta go. I know it sounds crazy, but I look forward to those throw pillows going on sale now. Get to see my boys. Hi, we're coming tomorrow? Yeah, they got a sale tomorrow. You'll be here. You got a sale tomorrow? Good time. Okay, all right, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, all right, you know, sounds good. And I just hope it doesn't end with us. I would love to see target husband groups just formed all over the world. There's no reason for any husband to have to endure a red tag sale alone. If you see another guy waiting for his wife, you know, just offer him some beef jerky. Let him know you're down to hang. Your best friend may be just two cars away. Well, we have so much in common. We all have wives, and they're all in there somewhere. My name is Miles. My name is Penn. My name is Charlie. My name is Taylor, and I am a target husband. And I'm a target husband. And I am a target husband. And I'm a target husband. Kind of funny, yeah. We talked at staff. Can you imagine if 2021 would be the year of community, where people like you and me connected together, ultimately celebrating the, the love of God in Jesus, right? But, but living life and, and maybe even bringing some other people in that may not come into a church, but may come to a Target parking lot or to something that you're thinking that, boy, this might be a good way to do this. So be thinking, thinking community, thinking about what God has done in Christ Jesus so that we can have life and we can share life, not just with people like you and me that know Jesus, but other people. So I want to challenge you to be thinking that way, to be praying that way. If you want to do a watch party, please contact Greg, talk to him about it. He'll let you know how you can be part of these watch parties. And, and again, may God just do his thing. May he build a community and a kingdom on earth that is so powerful and proclaiming the good news of Christ to every single person. All right, let's stand. We're going to profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive now the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Strict blue rice.